Hello and welcome to the Newsmax Daily for Friday, January the 12th, 2024. It's the second Friday of the new year, the second of four Fridays this month, and National Pharmacist Day, recognizing the importance and dedication of all those who work in the field, the very, very important field of pharmacy and medicine. The practice of pharmacy, of pharmacists, by the way, has quite an interesting history that dates all the way back to ancient times when plants were mostly used as drugs. The separation of physicians and pharmacy came from Belgium or happened in Belgium in the late 1600s. That's what made it against the law for doctors to make medication for their own patients. U.S. history says it was Ben Franklin who helped establish the very first hospital in the United States in the 1750s, Pennsylvania Hospital in Philadelphia, which had the very first pharmacy inside of it. Not much on the food calendar today, but it is worth mentioning that tomorrow, Saturday, is National Carrot Cake Day. What better day than a Saturday? So if you're going out to dinner, or even if tonight, if you're going out to dinner, there's your excuse to indulge National Carrot Cake Day. Severe weather is impacting most of the southeast today from Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, through Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, maybe even North Carolina, potential flooding, potential tornadoes, and severe weather is expected to impact almost the rest of the country over the weekend with near record-breaking or record-breaking cold in many, many areas, which is also becoming a factor for this weekend's NFL playoff games in Buffalo and in Kansas City. Go Dolphins! If you didn't know, the Miami Dolphins are playing the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City, where it's supposed to be below zero. So people are keeping a very close eye on that. Major League Baseball today and the New York Mets and fans mourning the passing of Hall of Fame shortstop Bud Harrelson, a member of the 1969 Miracle Mets. I was too young to really remember that. He was also a member of the staff, though, when the Mets won the World Series a second time in 1986. I certainly remember that. Harrelson was 79 years old. Topping the headlines on this Friday, international tensions already running high, as you know, have once again been ratcheted up after the United States and Britain launched military strikes with fighter jets and Navy ships on Houthi rebel targets in Yemen. This is Newsmax correspondent Logan Raddick with the very latest on National Report. I'm at John, good morning, and what you saw overnight was Operation Prosperity Guard in action. That multinational coalition was formed back in December, December to respond to Houthi attacks in the Red Sea. And since mid-November, there have been at least 27 attacks by those Iran-backed Houthis with missiles and drones launched from Yemen at international ships in the Red Sea, which, by the way, makes up about 15 percent of global trade coming through that waterway. And since then, many ships have had to be re the long and more expensive way around the African continent. But what you saw overnight, those strikes were led by the United States and the United Kingdom. Warships, planes, and submarines responded. U.S. Central Command says they struck 60 targets in Yemen at 16 different locations, and they used over 100 precision-guided bombs and missiles. Local reports confirmed explosions throughout Yemen, including at a military base next to the airport in the capital city of Sana'a. The Iran-backed Houthis claim five of their fighters were killed by Allied forces, and they are doubling down on their threats to attack ships heading to Israel. 
Now, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, he is in his 12th consecutive day in the hospital being treated for complications from prostate cancer surgery. And he says, quote, the strikes targeted sites associated with the Houthis unmanned aerial vehicle, ballistic and cruise missile and coastal radar and air surveillance capabilities. The United States maintains its right to self-defense. And if necessary, we will take follow on actions to protect U.S. forces. Pentagon Press Secretary Pat Ryder took to CBS this morning to talk about these strikes. Here's part of what he had to say. We targeted specific facilities and capabilities intended to degrade and disrupt the Houthis' ability to conduct the kinds of attacks that we've been seeing. And so we're still conducting the uh, battle damage assessment. Initial indications are that we had good effects. And Ryder also said that Secretary Austin helped coordinate these strikes from Walter Reed Medical Center. Now, a senior Biden administration official says there is no intent to escalate the situation in the Middle East and that these strikes were simply meant to degrade the capability of the Houthis to carry out these reckless attacks on international shipping lanes. Now, another senior official says, quote, Iran has certainly been involved in every phase of the Houthi attacks. Now, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says these strikes were not sufficient. He wrote on X saying, quote, shooting down the Houthi drones and missiles is costly and it doesn't get to the root of the problem. Until the Biden administration confronts Iran, these attacks will continue. Now, Sean and Emma, if you recall, one of the first moves the Biden administration made was to delist the Houthis as a foreign terrorist organization. They're facing increased pressure to redesignate the Houthis as a foreign terrorist organization, but it remains unclear if they will do that even with these strikes overnight. Back to you. All right. Uh, we appreciate that. Logan Raddick reporting from the Pentagon with the latest from there. That's Newsmax correspondent Logan Raddick at the Pentagon today. And as you likely know, the Houthi rebels for weeks now have been threatening and even fired on some oil tankers in that region, as we've discussed before. Houthi rebels are backed by Iran, as is Hezbollah, who is now more involved in the Israel war with Iran-backed Hamas. You see the theme here, right? Iran, who hates us anyway, but is really chapped that we're supporting Israel, and today claims to have seized a U.S. tanker. So we'll see what plays out with that as far as that goes today. This is from Thursday's National Report on Newsmax. Turning now to the war in Israel, a new report saying U.S. intelligence officers fear the Iranian-backed terror group in Lebanon could try to carry out an attack on American soil. For that, Jerusalem correspondent Daniel Cohen live in Israel with that warning. Daniel. Good morning, Emma. Good morning, Sean. In a new assessment, four intelligence officials speaking anonymously warn of a Hezbollah attack on U.S. soil. Border Patrol reports, like Jason was just saying, though, over six million people have crossed into the U.S. illegally. Some people say it's much more since Joe Biden became president. And those intelligence experts say Hezbollah, and I quote, could draw on the capability that they have to put people in places to do something. That new assessment reported in Politico says Hezbollah has more capability and an international network of operatives in comparison to, say, ISIS or al-Qaeda. The report says Hezbollah would likely target U.S. personnel in the Middle East first. The White House hasn't responded to the report, but here's Secretary of State Blinken here in Israel this week. I came to Israel after meeting with the leaders of Turkey, uh, Greece, Jordan, Qatar, the United Arab Emirates. Saudi Arabia. All of those leaders share our concern about the spread of the conflict. 
all of them are committed to using their influence, using the ties that they have to prevent it from escalating. Israel's war to destroy Hamas has already escalated from Gaza with calculated strikes on terror leaders in Lebanon and Syria. There have been at least 127 attacks on U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria since October 17th. The highest level U.S. response was a January 4th drone strike on a senior Iranian-backed militia leader in Baghdad. Now, those intelligence officers in the report didn't say what kind of attacks Hezbollah could take, but suggested diplomatic staff are also at risk, possibly by lone wolf individuals inspired by Islamic extremism. Sean Emma, the Biden administration has already increased security at the American embassy in Beirut and may do so at other locations in the region as well. So there you go. Very comforting. That's Newsmax Jerusalem correspondent Daniel Cohen. I don't know about you, but I don't like it one bit. And that was before yesterday's strikes. This is Newsmax host Bob Brooks on American Agenda. Late last month on the House Committee on Homeland Security, they released a report and it states under President Biden in the Department of Homeland Security under Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, U.S. Customs and Border Protection sources have confirmed over 1.7 million known gotaways at the southwest border. So there's nearly two people, two million people, excuse me, in this country, and we have no idea who or where they are. But let's go a little further than that. According to the reports, in fiscal year 2023, 294 people on the terror watch list were apprehended at the southwest border since the beginning of fiscal year 2021. And those are only the individual Border Patrol agents that the ones that they've caught. Fiscal year 2023 specifically saw a record 169 terror watch list encounters. That exceeded not only fiscal year 2022's record-setting total of 98, but the last six fiscal years combined. So it is a fact that more and more people who likely are terrorists are trying to come into this country. It's also a fact that 1.7 million people have come into the country. We don't know who or where they are. Well, now we're hearing all kinds of reports of how scared people are in Washington that Hezbollah has the ability to be here and plan something. And at the end of last year, CBS's Catherine uh, Herridge, based on her knowledge, she predicted that there was going to be some kind of black swan event during this year on the national security scale. So look, the warnings, they're all there. I hope something doesn't happen. But when you open up our border, what Joe Biden did, what did we think was going to happen? Now, if something does happen, he solely is to blame because the border wasn't like that under former President Bob Brooks, co-host of American Agenda with Katrina Zish, afternoons at 2 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. And Bob mentioned former President Donald Trump there at the end. Trump was in court in New York yesterday for closing arguments in a civil fraud case. I told you that the judge barred Trump from making comments in the closing arguments, something that Trump's attorneys said that he was planning to do. But Trump being Trump, He still spoke out anyway, saying he has been persecuted by someone running for office and saying or telling the judge it's fraud on me. He also spoke outside the courtroom yesterday with his attorney, Alina Haba, who you have seen and heard on Newsmax many times. You heard that there was not one fact against President Trump. There was not one piece of paper that showed anyone committed fraud And don't forget that Section 6312, a consumer fraud statute, has been wrongfully used against my client, innocent defendants, the organization, and every employee 
of the Trump Organization, which has single-handedly changed the New York skyline, including the building we are in today. These are special properties. Real estate is an art, not a science. But you know what else is an art? You know what else isn't a science? Political motivated individuals. She's using this to paint a canvas that Donald Trump is a fraudster because they can't beat him in the polls. They can't beat him in the polls, so she ran on Trump because that was the only way she could win. And now today, after 11 weeks, after three years, we have concluded that he indeed committed no wrong. The Trump Organization committed no wrong, and the kids have been dragged in just like the other defendants, and it is wrong. America needs to step up, and there's only one person who can do that, my client, Donald Trump. President Trump, everybody. Thank you very much. Yeah, we've gone through years with uh, this person. Uh, she's a political hack, the Attorney General. Uh, the judge is obviously extremely friendly with the group. And we'll see uh, what happens. I think maybe he uh, may surprise people on a positive side. We'll have to see what happens exactly. But uh, we've proven this case so conclusively. Uh, we've asked for directed verdict many times. Uh, they don't have any facts. They don't have any evidence against us. Millions and millions of pages, years of litigation, and all politically motivated. She campaigned on a I will get Trump. If you've ever seen any of the uh, seen any of her clips, they're horrible clips, actually, the anger. She's got serious Trump derangement syndrome. There's no question about Letitia James, the corrupt attorney general of New York. So we've proven our case. There's not one witness against us other than one person who is a, a deranged. He's got a lot of problems. He's a man who's uh, been convicted of lying. He's a felon, convicted felon, and uh, not a good person. But that's their only witness, and he's now crashed and burned. They have no witnesses. And by the way, that witness took back everything that he said. He took back everything he said in court, took it all back. So they have no case. It's a shame that a thing like this is able to happen. Uh, businesses leave New York. Uh, she went after Exxon, and they decided to move to Texas. And uh, hundreds of millions of dollars they pay in taxes. I paid over $300 million of taxes over the last number of years, $300 million, and uh, they don't recognize that. They don't recognize anything. And let's get some legal perspective from Newsline on Newsmax with Bianca De La Garza and attorneys Joe DeGeneva and Victoria Tunzing. But it really is two different worlds playing out here, Trump and then the first son. Uh, when we look at the way the criminal justice system is being applied, Joe and Victoria, what is your biggest concern and your biggest message to our viewers today? Well, it's obvious that there is a two-tier system of justice, one for Democrats and one for conservatives and Republicans. I think what's fascinating about yesterday was that was a purposeful act on the part of Hunter Biden and his lawyer, Abby Lowell. What they are doing is this is their defense. Their defense is going to be, assuming Merrick Garland gets the, assuming the Congress votes contempt, and they refer it to the attorney, U.S. attorney for D.C. and Merrick Garland, mm -hmm. their argument to the department not to charge is going to be, look, we showed up, we volunteered to testify twice, they wouldn't take our testimony, we shouldn't be indicted. And if Merrick Garland authorizes the U.S. attorney for D.C. to indict Hunter Biden, 
his defense to the jury is going to be the same. I showed up twice. The fact that they wanted a deposition is irrelevant. I was ready to testify. But that's not a legal defense. That's not. not. That is unacceptable because the subpoena says to show up for a deposition. And guess who was indicted for not showing up for a deposition? Republican Steve Bannon and Republican Peter Navarro publicly at National Airport and put into chains and thrown into a jail cell for a misdemeanor. This is how Republicans are treated. Yep. And it's uh, worth repeating every single time we can play this so people actually can absorb it and get the facts and they see it firsthand there. What's at stake is $370 million. That is the fine the DA, Letitia James, is asking the judge to impose against the Trump organization for allegedly overvaluing some of its properties. The judge now is expected to make his ruling by the end of the month. Bianca also asked the attorneys to weigh in on Hunter Biden's case or cases. A situation where a statute was used that doesn't give me a jury, so I have no jury. I really have no rights, and it's uh, and nobody nobody thinks it's constitutional. People, legal scholars are writing about it like it's something they've never seen before. You know, the banks testified. They made money. They were paid back. Everyone was happy. Uh, you just heard John talk about the billion dollar brand that Trump says he does have. Not something you'd see on a financial uh, transaction, which, by the way, Joe, you know very well, had a disclaimer on the front there. Banks do their own due diligence. How, how is this allowed to happen in America today? It's allowed to happen because the New York state courts and the New York prosecution system has an animus toward Donald Trump and the Trump organization. Uh, One of the things that's most disturbing about this is that Donald Trump and his organization have been denied due process. The use of these summary proceedings and this particular statute is an outrageous abuse of the civil trial responsibilities of of the Supreme Court of the state of New York. This case never should have been tried this way. The Trump organization and Trump were not allowed to present evidence. There was no trial. There was simply a submission of pleadings on, and paper. And nobody testified until later on in the, in the penalty provision, uh, proceedings in the case. That's not when that should have happened. That should have happened on the trial of the case mm-hmm. itself. I think Judge Engeron, if there's a fair, a fair appeal, will be reversed. And we'll see what kind of a fine he imposes. He may cut it back to protect himself and not give Letitia James what she wants. But up to this point, this has been a disgraceful display of uh, the the trial court system in the state of New York. And I must say, I think Judge Engeron is a disgrace to the bench and bar of of the state of New York. And I don't care if he cuts it back, Bianca, if they take New York takes one penny from Donald Trump. That's an unconstitutional taking of property without due process. Well, like you said, it probably end up in an appeals court uh, and on and on. And while this is a civil case, there is so much at stake for uh, the former president and the business he built. Newsmax host Bianca De La Garza with attorneys Victoria Tunzing and Joe DeGeneva. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden, after the charades on Capitol Hill the other day, was in Los Angeles yesterday for his federal tax evasion case, one of two criminal cases that uh, were filed by special counsel David Weiss now after the collapse of the big plea deal. You remember that? So yesterday, Hunter pleaded not guilty to those charges. The other big story is what's happening on Capitol Hill. I mentioned it yesterday, House Speaker Mike Johnson coming under fire for making some kind of a spending deal behind closed doors with Chuck Schumer. Here's Newsmax host Carl Higbee. 
Speaker Johnson is reportedly renegotiating his spending deal with conservatives and maybe pulling out of this disastrous $1.7 trillion spending extravaganza that he planned behind closed doors with Chuck Schumer. That I'm not even remotely clear on why he entered into the, in the first place. It was not a win. Had no meaningful border security. Did not cut spending. Nothing. But pulling out of this probably means there's going to be another continuing resolution. There always is. Again, so far, zero wins for conservatives in this new House. Is there some sort of secret oath that Republicans take after the cameras go away to actually not do any of the things that they just promised to do? I mean, seriously, there's like maybe six people I trust to do the right thing in D.C. anymore. And I had really high hopes for Johnson. But now, replace him. Then replace the next guy, and the next guy, and the next guy, until we get a speaker who won't give Democrats another dime until we stop letting 300,000 people a month illegally enter our country. Why is this even a discussion at this point? A number of Republicans agree with me on this. There's already this effort to oust Johnson because this is exactly what he said he wouldn't do. Your job, Congress, the reason we the people sent you guys and gals to D.C., gave you $180,000 a year plus staffing, is to advocate on our behalf. You're not doing that. And I'm so tired of this argument. Well, Carl, it's a lot more complicated than that. There's a lot of fact. No, there isn't. You're making it more complicated because that's what politicians do all the time. It's pretty binary. You promised me this. Our first condition on any national security supplemental spending package is about our own national security first. The border is an absolute catastrophe, and this is because of the policies of this White House and this administration. There will be no legislation without strong border security. None of us want to shut down the government. But we all recognize the fact that every single penny that we are giving to Homeland Security at this point that is not being used to secure our border, that is not being used to increase our national security, but is doing the exact opposite, is weakening it. This group has got together and said, we're not going to spend additional funding for the federal government until we can see our border secure. Then they do the opposite and come running back to the cameras and try to sell us some crap deal. It's like, oh, we got as much as we could. But remember, we're only one third of the government. B.S. Congress single handedly holds the ability to not spend any of our money. And quite frankly, I'd rather have that than the, the status quo and an $11 cut for the National Art Museum or whatever dumb thing they champion as a some victory. Oh, but we're set to grow budget by 3%, Carl, and we only grew it by 1%. That is not a cut. Increasing the budget by less is not a cut. I don't know where these people learn their math at. Oh, Carl, we would have chaos. We would be blamed for the shutdown. Then we would lose the house. I don't care. At this rate, you're, you're going to lose the house anyway. One, because people keep retiring. And two, because people like me who went to war for your campaigns, we knocked on doors, we made phone calls, we donated our greatly diminished salaries under Bidenomics. We are not going to do that next time around because you're not doing what you told us you would do. What is so hard for them to understand about this? Carl Higby is host of Frontline. That's 5 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. Actually do something that you said you're going to do. The Republicans are a hot mess, like it or not. You just heard a slew of false promises again. Most of those comments, by the way, were made when uh, Speaker Johnson, Lindsey Graham, and some other Republicans made that trip to the border like two weeks ago. They had a little press conference at the border. That's when they said all the stuff that you just heard, all the stuff that you wanted to hear while they were on TV with the big show. 
By the way, some Democrats today are calling out Joe Biden for authorizing those strikes on the Houthi rebels without getting authorization from Congress. Representative Jayapal tweeted, this is an unacceptable violation of the Constitution. Article 1 requires that military action be authorized by Congress. The price of oil, by the way, has gone up several dollars in the past few days with all the international unrest, and the stock market is now heading lower with all the international unrest. President Biden today is visiting businesses in Allentown, Pennsylvania. It's basically a campaign stop to the important state of Pennsylvania, and there should be plenty of action on Capitol Hill. Not only all the funding negotiations and what's going on amongst Republicans, but the Fauci hearing is happening as well, not getting nearly as much attention as it probably should be. Newsmax will be keeping you updated on all of it throughout the day, tonight, and this weekend. Don't forget about all the great weekend programming on Newsmax and Newsmax Plus throughout the weekend, starting with Wake Up America Weekend Edition. Then there's Saturday and Sunday Agenda, America Right Now, now, the Gorka Reality Check, and much more. So uh, stay informed. Have a great and safe weekend. Thank you for listening to the Newsmax Daily. I appreciate that. I'm Tony Marino, and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.